You've come to hear what Psyche says. I'm Dr. Stephanie Vaughn, a clinical psychologist. And I'm Sarah Kamita, a licensed professional counselor. We're just a couple of therapists without a target audience for this podcast, but hope it can be of some help to someone somewhere. Hey there. Hey, Stephanie. Good morning. Good morning. Welcome back to town. Yeah, thank you. Um, Boston is awesome. Good. As usual. Good. Hopefully the weather was nice. It wasn't. I'm but sorry. That's fine. It's fine. You know, <laughs> yeah. it makes coming back here um, nice because the sun is out. Yes, it's a pretty Monday. Yes, but let's get to the point. Yeah, so today we are going to talk about um, how to choose a therapist. And when we have patients that call in, um, a lot of times they, they call in and they don't know who they want to see. So, yes, we've got staff pictures and bios on our website, but sometimes it's just not as easy as, you know, reading a little blurb and figuring out who would be a good fit for well, your Well, but therapist. also, Sarah, let's just get real because it's not just the patients who want to know how to pick a therapist. I have had multiple family members <laughs> who have said, hey, you know, or even people that you know, you know, from Facebook that are three connections away and mm-hmm. they message you on Facebook Messenger and it's like, do you know any therapists in Timbuktu? Right. And, you know, because we just, us therapists, we just all network together and... <laughs> Hang out all the time and stuff, yes. <laughs> yes. We only stick to our kind. Right. Um, so, of course, that's tongue-in-cheek because um, we're unlikely to know people, very many at least, outside of, you know, your your the town where you practice in or the mm-hmm. suburbs so we usually give people advice on how to pick a therapist um just some general advice and we thought we would share that yeah. with our listeners yeah regardless of who they are right well i mean i think if we're going to start really high level um the first thing that a lot of people think of is do you want to see a male or a female therapist yeah that sometimes narrows down half of the choices it does sometimes that makes a difference i think for the people who I've talked to, they don't care one way or another. They just want someone who's effective, you know. And how do you tell if someone's going to be effective or not? Yeah. But if that's the case, you know, especially with trauma or something, with well, many times with women in trauma, they want to see a female therapist, so mm-hmm. that would narrow it down. Right. Yeah, I mean, you know, being in therapy and looking for a therapist, it's not like you're purchasing something on Amazon and you're going to have <laughs> tons of reviews and star ratings. Yes, you may have several, but it's, I feel like it's a little more um, ambiguous and vague when you jump in and, and start seeing a therapist. Yeah, I mean, have you ever thought, what if you had to, you know, send a family member mm-hmm. or you had to go mm-hmm. or you had to send your child um, how would you, as an informed therapist, go about picking yeah. one? I mean, when you think about it, and I have been asked on several occasions to provide referrals, it's kind of daunting mm-hmm. um, because I you don't know very much about the therapist, even in your own community. I would say the thing I rely most heavily on is recommendations from other providers and yeah. other people in the area. Yes, for sure. And, and the bottom line, though, is... We don't know what happens in the room right. with other mm-hmm. providers, and we've certainly sent people to other providers and then had reports like, oh, it was you know terrible. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to know because right. it's only you know the person you referred and the therapist in the room. And the other thing is, just because you didn't leave feeling good mm-hmm. doesn't mean that you got bad therapy. Right. 
So I think there's some misconceptions about therapy that we probably have to address. One is that therapy is supposed to make you feel good. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't believe that to be true. I think long-term, yes, and short-term, not necessarily. Right. It's, it's like going to the doctor. You know, you go in for your checkups, and sometimes you have to get a shot. And if you're like me, you hate shots, but, you know... I don't get the measles. (laughs) Um, It's kind of like those short-term pains for the long-term overall well-being and health. Yeah. Well, our profession is really weird in that we are financially rewarded for other people struggling. Right. You know, so people don't really talk about that. But it behooves an unethical therapist Mm -hmm. to keep someone thinking something's wrong with them. Right. Right. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And I definitely know therapists who will keep digging until they, you know, quote, find something. Yeah. And I think they truly believe that there really is something under, you know, quote, underneath the surface. And you'll right. hear patients who have been in therapy for a long, long time, and we call them over-therapized. Mm-hmm. And they will say things like, you know, I want to get to the root of this or that and sometimes it's not about getting to the root I use this metaphor about you know like the dermatologist if you were to go to a dermatologist and you know you had like a pimple or Mm -hmm. something and they were like you know what I bet there are so many pimples right there underneath (laughs) the surface and they started coming at you with their hands and digging around and pushing and then terrible yeah and then all of a sudden you had all these pimples come up and it's like see I told you right underneath the surface and that's the way that therapy can be I think that you know we can dig enough Mm -hmm. to find things that maybe didn't even need to be you know quote uncovered yeah I mean I'm a big proponent for if it ain't broke don't fix it yes um and I use that in my own life and in my patients. It's like, if there's not a problem, why am I going to exacerbate it? Yeah, and it can. I mean, there are definitely subsets of the population who, if you start digging enough, then not only are you going to find a problem, you're going to find a host of problems, and that person may not be able to come back to where they were before, which may have been, you know, an 8 out of 10. Yeah. But now we're looking at a 2 out of 10. And I've seen that um, for myself before. So if I'm sitting here listening to this podcast and I am trying to find a therapist, I would feel very afraid. You should feel very afraid. To make sure that I find an ethical therapist, one that is going to help me meet my treatment goals and not cause problems to pay their mortgage, you know, every month or something. Right. And and I just want to clarify that I don't think people are sitting around thinking like <laughs> the therapists are sitting around thinking, ha ha ha, you yeah. know, I'm going to make this person worse. Yeah. I mean, I think that's not explicit, but it is definitely a reinforcer. For sure. That's one thing that I really like about our practice is we're super interested in the outcome and people getting better. Right. I say all the time, you know, I don't want you to be in therapy forever. No. I want you to move on. Not to mention, over time, like, I get bored with seeing mm-hmm. a patient for too long. It sounds terrible to say, but I feel like it's kind of a good marker sometimes. Like, okay, if I'm, like, kind of reaching the end, I feel like therapy is reaching the end, at least with me. And it's like, why would I keep them on? Exactly. And there seems to be a new trend Mm -hmm. in people coming in just to kind of 
talk to a therapist, and I'm not here to say that that's a bad thing, um, but I do think it's a luxury to be able to do that. Absolutely. I think you're getting into our a podcast for a future day, and <laughs> we're going to delve into that, so the, tune in. The luxury of therapy? <laughs> well, yeah, the kind of like, do I really need therapy? Everyone else is in therapy. Should I go to therapy myself? Oh, that's a little different, isn't it, than how you pick a therapist. No, you're right. Yes. You're totally right. So coming back into, let's just say that we definitely need a therapist. Definitely need one. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, we're having depression or anxiety mm-hmm. or couples issues or um, kid problems, family problems, whatever. So we've got to pick somebody. Right. Um, first thing would be, like you said, referrals mm-hmm. uh, from other people who had been to see a person. Mm-hmm. Um, but also other providers who had heard good things. But let's say that you didn't have that. Um, if you knew the style that you were looking for, I think that makes all the difference in the world. And there's a lot of different styles. Mm-hmm. So there's a more direct style like mine. And then there's a more um, listening style. More of a, um, you know, I refer to it as like warm, warm and fuzzy um, more of a person that you would want to talk to if you were down and wanted just some support and less advice. Right. They they do more listening, I yeah. feel like, than um, more of a solution-focused, problem-solving therapist where they're going to be a bit more hands-on. Yeah. And I, you know, I, I've toyed back and forth about when I've talked to people when I've had a problem or something, you know, because we've got all these therapists <laughs> in this whole office all I have to do is go walk in somewhere and say, hey, you know, let me tell you about my problem. <laughs> we all jump at the bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't do that very often. Um, but if I did, and when I have, it's like the it depends on who I go to or who I talk to depends on what I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. And you got to know what you're looking for when you go in. Mm-hmm. If you're looking for advice, then you go to someone who gives advice. Mm-hmm. If you're looking for support and validation, then you go to someone who does that. So how do you know the difference if you're searching online? Um, you'll see in a lot of times in their bio, you can tell a lot from mm-hmm. somebody by their bio. Yeah. I try to be pretty clear in mine that I'm going to give explicit advice. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can tell from other people's, I think the less directive bios, they usually... I don't know the it's usually it's hard to describe it's just kind of flowy yeah like sing-songy almost yeah and like they use terms like your best self and I'm gonna hold space hold space yeah holding space funny that you're mentioning bios I'm actually we have a few interns starting over the next several months and so I've been um tweaking some bios of our interns and I just wrote one back and just said I need to know a little more about you because you sound pretty perfect in this bio (laughs) and I don't really know you that well but I'm sure you're not perfect and so I don't want to give off the impression that you are or feel like you are so I said tell me kind of one of your vices I said like okay, so you like to veg out on the couch every now and then. What do you like to watch? Mm -hmm. You know, just a little something to get to know her more. So uh, maybe a potential client could get to know this clinician on a deeper level than where she went to school. Yeah, so a little Mm -hmm. self-disclosure. That reminds me, we've had so many people actually call in and ask for Sally because specifically she put that she likes to watch Real Housewives. 
No, it was it was it Lauren? Lauren. Yeah, mm-hmm. because she likes to watch Real yes. Housewives, which to me is like that definitely differentiates mm-hmm. her from me. I would n- right. I've never and would never watch Real Housewives, <laughs> but Lauren Martin would, right. and so it's like for a person who resonates with a more bubbly and fun and um, c- contemporary approach, yeah. that would be her. And we've also had. Um, potential clients know that they didn't want to work with Lauren because yeah, of, yeah. of that. So it goes both ways, which I think is great um, that that you have a little piece of insight into who this therapist is, and then you get to determine if you're going to be a good fit. But along with that, you know, we tell clients and potential clients um, that therapy is kind of like trying on shoes, and some are going to be comfortable, some are going to fit, and some are not. Um, it's okay to try out several therapists before you find one that you like. Yeah, and don't let anybody tell you that that's not a good idea because I think it's a great idea. Um, so the personality it, it is part of it. Mm-hmm. The other part is the education level. And when I say the education level, I mean like the degree. So degrees make a difference. Um, you've got so many letters that come after mm-hmm. someone's name, and they mean a lot of different things. Like, as a psychologist, um, I can be a PhD, I can be a PsyD, um, e- an EDD, e- yeah, doctorate of education. Yeah, I, maybe, I don't know. I'm not really sure. But I do know the difference between a PsyD and a PhD. And so, a PhD is the philosophy of, uh, a doctorate of philosophy of psychology and a PsyD is a doctorate of psychology. Well, what's the difference? Um, a PsyD, which I am, um, does a lot more practice and a lot less theory. Like um, research and stuff. Right, exactly. Whereas a PhD does a lot more research. Um, they do a lot of the studies. It doesn't mean they don't do therapy um, because a lot of them do. But as a PsyD, we were trained to do clinical psychology. So that gives you a little insight about, you know, if you had two people you were looking at and you were, you thought they were equivalent, what but one had a PsyD and one had a PhD, it might make a difference. Mm-hmm. Um, then you've got, so that's a doctoral level, and then you've got um, master's level therapists, and master's level therapists can be licensed professional counselors. Um, licensed um, marriage and family therapists. Mm-hmm. Licensed clinical social workers. And I think that's it for for Tennessee it? anyway. They, yeah, they're called different things, different states, but those are the main things. And so, if you've got someone who's a marriage and family therapist, they're going to um, their training is going to focus heavily on systems, family systems, which is basically how families interact and a lot of couples work, um, marital issues, things like that. LPCs, licensed professional counselors, get more of a smattering of all sorts of different types of um, therapy training. And social workers are, I don't know a whole lot about social workers, but I do know that they spend a little bit less time on the clinical training and more on, um, what am I looking for, like resources in the community for serving... Social working. Social working, yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. (laughs) Social services and workings. So they're just different. Sort of the coordination (laughs) of... Of resources that I remember as a um, trainee psychologist, we were never taught to do. It was like, you know, we knew how to treat panic disorder and dissociation and personality disorders and whatever. We knew all about that stuff. We had no idea if we, if someone needed um, 
the domestic violence shelter. Right. Like, we had no idea what yeah, to like do. Yeah, where to send someone if yeah. they weren't safe in their home or right. protocols. Yeah, things protocols. Like that. Yeah. Um, so to get back to our main question, how to find a therapist, you know, we've got personality of the therapist. We've got um, degree and training of the therapist. We've got um, male or female therapist. You've got um, style. It's not, I think it's beyond personality, but it's also style. Mm-hmm. But then you've also got model. Mm-hmm. The model of psychotherapy that the person um, chooses to use. And are they familiar with a number of different models? And so when we say a model of psychotherapy, we mean, you know, is this person, does this person use a supportive approach? Do they use cognitive behavioral therapy? Do they use psychodynamic therapy? Do they use family systems? Do they use dialectical behavior therapy? Um, Do they use existential? I mean, there are all of these different models of psychotherapy. And um, what I would caution you from is going with a person who would claim to be eclectic or integrative but couldn't break down the models that they use to integrate together. Meaning it's like, oh, you know, I just sort of use whatever works. They need to be able to list off what they primarily draw from in their therapy because, you know, there are, you get certified in a variety of different models, which means you're trained well. It's just like if you ran a bakery and say, well, I make all kinds of things. Well, that's good. You make all (laughs) kinds of things, but what kinds of things do you make? what are you good at yeah what are you good at and what are you really proficient at what is what have you been trained in different techniques and um, how proficient do you think you are at this particular model so cognitive behavioral therapy is a big model of psychotherapy out there it's a lot of the research is done on cbt and people call in specifically wanting cbt so you want to know because here's the thing, therapists in the community can say whatever in the hell they want. Mm-hmm. Like, they really can. Well, sure. And then they're not supposed to, but yeah. they can say, oh, I do cognitive behavioral therapy. And just because you do cognitive behavioral therapy doesn't mean you do it well. Right. Doesn't mean you were trained in it. And nobody really is going to hold you accountable. So you want to find out um, you enough about CBT, for example, to ask them questions that would put them on the spot a yeah. little bit. I mean, I tell people who are looking for DBT, you know, call and ask them. If you're calling around asking, um, ask them what four modules they go over in group. Mm -hmm. And if that therapist cannot name the four modules in group, then they don't do DBT. Right. Or at least they don't do it well enough to be saying that they do it. Right. Yes. And if you're listening to go on a little bit of a sidebar. They are listening. And... (laughs) And you do see a therapist, I would encourage you to leave your therapist a review. It is really helpful, um, you know, if you are someone going on and looking for a therapist to see actual comments from from previous clients of these therapists. I think you can do it anonymously, so you're yeah. protected. Um, yeah, I mean, bad, it is helpful. It is helpful. I think we're motivated to go on. I try to do a balance. Um, I try to do more good than negative, Mm -hmm. but I think it's especially important if a therapist does a really good job to go on and write about that because other people need to know. Right. Um, I mean, it's, I think it's easier to spot a bad therapist and you don't necessarily need a review. You go and see somebody, you don't necessarily need a review, but knowing a good one, that can be more difficult. Right. 
So that's a good point. Thank Sarah. you. Um, other issues in choosing a therapist are going to be money. I yeah. mean, that's a oh, big yeah. one. <laughs> Do they take insurance? Um, we don't take insurance. Um, I don't like to be biased, but I am biased in that I think a lot of therapists who don't take insurance do so because they don't have to take insurance and they have enough referral base people wanting to see them that they don't have to discount and they can minimize their client load a lot of people who take insurance have a lot of clients and they spend a lot of time with the insurance companies on the phone submitting claims where if you find a practice like ours that does not take insurance, we have more time to devote to our patients directly. Exactly. And if we think that more sessions need to happen, then more sessions happen or longer sessions or whatever. We have the freedom to be able to do what needs to be done. Mm -hmm. Um, So you want to ask about rates. And the thing is, the higher the uh, therapist degree, the more they're likely going to charge And the longer the therapist has been in practice, most likely the higher they're going to charge. Um, You can always ask for an intern or a pre-licensed person. Many times practices like ours will have a pre-licensed person or an intern. But again, you're going to get less of a proficiency Mm -hmm. in therapy than you would for somebody who's been doing it for a few years. Right. So it is a give and take, and you've got to balance the pros and cons. Yeah, for you know, sure. When when choosing a therapist um, based on cost. Yeah, I mean because our interns are twenty five bucks. Right. But then you know you add a zero or so when you go up mm-hmm. the chain of command right. in licensure. Um, what else? I think we've hit the main point. The main points, and hopefully we didn't make the waters even murkier for you than before you started listening to this because I mean I think all this goes to show like there's a lot to consider oh I think so too but here here's another one because I was just thinking yeah I was just thinking if I was rolling up into somebody's Mm -hmm. office and was talking to them I would want to know that we were on the same page like I would want to feel this is a feel Mm -hmm. not just this person's personality and do we hit it off but does this person seem to get it yeah And if they don't seem to get it or they have this idea about the way things are before they really listen to me, if they didn't go over my paperwork before I came in, Mm. there's nothing I hate more than that. It's a big pet peeve of mine, too. Yeah. And they ask me questions that I've already written about um, and they didn't take the time to look over it. If they seem to just not be interested in me, then I would say that's probably a no-go. Yeah. Yes, if, if the therapist is creating goals for you that you don't necessarily want to work on. Like, it's not their therapy. It's your life. Right. Or saying things and you think they think you're crazy. Mm. <laughs> you know? And there's a difference between saying, you know, like, what you're doing is kind of crazy. Versus, Sarah, you are crazy. <laughs> yeah. You know? doesn't feel very good to no, hear that. it doesn't, but you're not. Thank like, you. Yeah, just to clarify. <laughs> Okay, so hopefully that cleared up a few things, and if we forgot something, we're going to be doing the podcast on, what was it? Um, if you need to be in therapy. Oh, yeah, yeah, if you need to be in therapy. So we could always throw that, anything we forgot, yeah. into that between now and then. Yes. All right, well, thank you for listening. Yes, and hopefully this has been helpful to someone somewhere. 
Have a good day.